All right, here it comes. Now that we're at the end of this month <laughs> and you've listened to a lot of the really great information that my expert, Mary Bushkel, has been sharing with us on menopausal health, metabolism health, um, all the health that we need for women in midlife, um, please, if you haven't listened go back to those first two episodes because they have a lot of information. But today, today, my friends, what we're going to be talking about is exercise. This is kind of traditionally what we start thinking about when we're in January. And I, on purpose, like her program, wanted to bring this in at the very end of the month because I don't think it's the place that we should lead. Nutrition is learning about our bodies, listening to our bodies, listening to our symptoms, knowing what they mean. That's where we need to begin. That's that's really the ground floor. But here is some information that she has for us today on how to incorporate exercise and how it looks different at this phase in our life. Keep listening. Welcome. This is Midlife Crisis to a Centered Life Thriving a podcast that teaches women in midlife to unapologetically stop silencing their dreams and start designing the lives they want to live in. I'm your host, Dr. Natalie, and as a clinical psychologist of the last two decades and a twice-divorced single mother myself, I not only know how hard it can feel heading into midlife, I am living it right here with you. I have taken all the many failed attempts and lessons learned in my own life and combine it with my extensive clinical experience to give you the tools you need to make midlife the best time in your life. No joke. So let's get started. Welcome back, everybody. I know you're excited. You're excited because you've heard Mary talk the last two episodes about her program, about why she sparses it out in these three different phases. And this phase is exercise today that we're going to dive into. But if you don't know about Mary yet, let me introduce you to her. Well, let us welcome Mary Bushkul to our podcast. Let me tell you a little bit about her before we get started. So Mary empowers others to architect their dream so they can live the adventure of their full potential. And her personal mission is to be a constant positive force, maintaining the highest ethical integrity and striving to always do the right thing. The strength of what Mary Bush Cole does lies in a deep respect for education and staying on the cutting edge of the latest research and trends in the areas of health and wellness. She is compassionate and empathetic and an outgoing personality, which allows her to get along with people from all walks of life. She also has a deep desire to help you feel better, look better, and improve your outlook on life. Her specialties include senior fitness, high school, collegiate, and adult athletes, weight loss or weight gain programs, individuals with health challenges, programming for the menopausal woman. And that is why we have invited her to be with us today. So welcome, Mary. Thank you so much for being on the podcast. I am excited, Natalie, and I hope that uh, I can drop some major gold nuggets to help women in this part of our life. 
So hello again, listeners. We're back with Mary, and she's going to talk now about exercise. So we've kind of gone through in the beginning part about nutrition for menopausal women. We've talked about symptoms and how to manage those with different um, things in our first two episodes of this series. If you haven't watched those, go back. Uh, And today she's going to talk about what traditionally in January we're all thinking about, which is how should I change up my exercise plan? So jump in, Mary, tell us about this. Okay, so uh, what you've been doing up to this point is no longer working. (laughs) Tell me about it. what What you've been taught no longer works. So the, the 45 minutes on the elliptical, the um, lifting, you know, um, the five pound weights for 15 to 20 reps, uh, those kinds of things are not adequate for improving our bone, our muscle, or our body composition. So wow. we have to change things up. Mm-hmm. What I mean by that is no longer is working out in the middle any good mm-hmm. because we have this wonderful stress hormone called cortisol just rampaging our body and we don't know our without estrogen or with estrogen regulation being all over the place our our cortisol level stays high yeah and so that amount of stress on the body then starts to uh, factor in and and inflammation goes up and body fat goes up and muscle mass goes down and all of these wonderful things that, that happen. So yeah. now we, I, I, can I, I'm just going to stop you there because I, I want to remind my listeners that what she's really talking about cortisol being a stress hormone, right? What she's really mm-hmm. saying and what we really need to recognize is that it isn't that women in midlife are more stressed out. Um, Although you might be, I don't know what your life circumstances are, but, you know, life transitions do cause some some amount of extra stress that's, uh, you know, over and above what our normal table of stress is. But what mm-hmm. has happened is our capacity for stress management has been reduced, period, end of sentence. That is a biological phenomenon. And so you need to start to work around that in your midlife and, and moving forward. So I Keep going, Mary. Keep enlightening us on this. But yeah, that middle, that middle kind of running and um, doing cardio exhaustively four or five times a week is only going to drive that cortisol up more. So instead of helping us with that stress management table, it actually is further compromising us is what I'm hearing you say. Right. And so um, if you're going, well, what do you mean by the middle? What do you mean by the middle, Mary? Okay. We have always been taught you should be working at a heart rate between 70 and 80% of your max heart rate. That no longer works. Gotcha. Now, as a woman who's transitioning, we need to focus on the low, low and the high, high. So we're working at 69% or less or above 80%. And what I mean by that is especially when you're looking at cardio. Yes, we we our um, risk of of cardiovascular disease goes up, so we do need to maintain good cardiovascular health. But we also have to teach our body how to manage the cortisol. Yeah, and every time you exercise, your cortisol level is going to go up. Yeah, 
And we, we have to teach our bodies now. Our bodies used to be able to do this without being taught. But now that the estrogen has left, there's no regulator. <laughs> so we have to now take control of teaching our body how to bring our cortisol level down. So uh, first, let's start with cardiovascular exercise. Okay. So um, no longer that 70 to 80%, that middle ground no longer is serving us. Now, if you are an endurance athlete and you're training for a marathon, you know, sometimes you're going to have to be there because of the nature of the training mm -hmm. and your ultimate goal. But for um, the average person who's not, you know, all I want to do is burn fat. Well, we were made to burn fat. <laughs> it's just what you want to do is you most days you want to work at the lower end, the 60 to 69 percent. And what that is, is a conversational pace. Okay. So when, when let's say Dr. Natalie and I go out for a walk and I set the pace and she's going, so Mary, I've got, that's too, <laughs> that's too hard for, for Natalie. You know, yes. that's too hard for her. So we want to find a, a, a conversational pace or a con mm -hmm. yeah, conversational pace where we're able to talk a full sentence before having to take a breath. Gotcha. Um, like, oh my gosh, Natalie, Natalie, look at that bird up there. Breathe. It's not like, oh, what? <laughs> yes. So, okay. So that's what you're doing. Then um, one to two times a week, I, I encourage you to shift your cardiovascular to what is called a sit workout. Okay. That is a sprint interval training. Okay. And what you do is you, you let's say that you, um, I'm, I'm going to use the bicycle, but you can do this with any cardiovascular piece of equipment. So on the bicycle, um, I warm up for five to 10 minutes, get my heart rate um, up, but not, not up into that 70 to 80%. And then I have a two minute window. So in that two minute window, the first 20 to 30 seconds of that two minute window, I give it everything I got. Okay. okay. So, but you want to give it so that by the end of the 20 seconds or the end of the 30 seconds, you're like, okay, I'm done. I'm done. I just want to fall off the bike and lay on the floor and die. Um, but you want to, you want to push yourself hard. Yeah. And then that next minute, 30 minute, 40 seconds, you are just coasting. You're okay. recovering. You're not trying to, you, your intention is to take the heart rate, which should have gotten above 80%. Mm -hmm. Your intention is to try to bring it back down to 60%. So if okay. you're wearing a heart rate monitor, then that's, and what that does is you spike your cortisol and then you teach your body how to bring that cortisol level down by Interesting. doing very, I love that. very, very light exercise. So. Okay. So you have that five to 10 minute warm up, then you do a sit interval and the sit intervals can be anywhere from four to 12 intervals. So if you have a very comp, I mean, your, your day is jam packed and you're going, but I want to get something in. Just do that five to 10 minute warm up, do four intervals, which is what, eight minutes, and then yeah. do another five minute cool down. And within 20 minutes, you've, you've been, you've stimulated your body enough 
to get some benefit from that. Okay. And so, so it, tell me again, SIT stands for? Sprint interval training. Sprint interval training. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So that's one to two times a week. Okay. So you're looking at, I mean, if you were to do the full, the full thing, it would be maybe 30, 35 minutes. Notice I'm not at 45 minutes to an hour. No. But, but also doing that sprint interval, you're also stimulating your muscle with power, which also builds muscle, mm-hmm. builds your mitochondria, which are your energy centers, your precious energy centers. So you don't need to go long, slow distance. You don't have to do LSD, as I as I say. You you can get get in, get out, get going uh, with your. Got with you. Your, okay, so that's so tolerable. Week, Twice a week to do that is that yeah. seems. So Doable. much less daunting to me. Yeah. <laughs> a few times a week. It's like mentally that clicked with me because with my energy level being like nothing, I, I, I was, and I'm coming back to being a runner, but for me to say, okay, I got to go out and run three to five miles with my energy level down in the basement somewhere. And I was trying to find it yeah. um, for me to, to get on a bicycle and say, okay, all I want you to do is go hard for 20 seconds. And then, and then you get the rest of the two minutes just to, to recover. To rest. I could do that. This I can handle. Yes. I could handle that. So, so if you're struggling with that kind of, with your energy or with anxiety, with anxiety, it really helps too. Yeah. <laughs> it's, well, it's it would because anxiety is also driven by cortisol and so, well, it, a part of it is. And so if you're, what you're doing is teaching your body to bring cortisol levels down, to have short bursts of lots of cortisol, and then teach your body to regulate short bursts and regulate. Yeah. That's going to help your anxiety tolerance as well. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. The, the next thing everybody and everybody, unless you've been living under a rock, knows hit. Uh-huh. Everybody's heard hit. High intensity interval training. High intensity interval training. It can be so many different things. There are so many variations of hit. And if you if you work with a personal trainer or you go to a gym or a CrossFit gym, they have hit. Everybody has hit. Um, but what's great about hit again is you're, you're going hard for a period of time and then you get that rest mm-hmm. and, um, hit has been really shown to help, um, reduce body composition. So if you're ah. wanting to try to, um, reduce your body fat, hit, um, has, has shown, well, sit also all of these, all, everything that I'm going to go over today does that. It really okay. helps. It really helps. But with HIT, that's also one to two times a week. Too many people think they got to go hard all the time. Yeah. And you don't. You, especially at this time in our life, we, we want to give our bodies that time to recover, that time yeah. to relax, that time to, to come back in within rather than do, 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 do. Yeah. So. Um, so if you do one to two times of sit, one to two times of hit. So, so let's say you do one hit that week, then you can do two sit or reverse that. You okay. know, you don't want to do, you don't want like the guys say balls to the wall you know, all yeah. the time. You want, you want to give your body that break. 
And the third strategy is what? Wait a minute. Space- wait, wait, wait. So okay, with, how is HIT different than SIT? So high interval training, is there another, I, I don't know if I just missed it, or is there another oh. like, you do it for this many seconds and that many minutes you're recovering? Okay. Well, with, with HIT, you can have like Tabata. Um, you've ah. heard of Tabata, which is like 10 seconds on, 10 seconds off, 20 seconds on, 10 seconds off. And you okay. go for um, like, it's usually six rounds and then you get a couple of minute break or a hit workout can be a circuit. Um, I do a lot of circuits with people where, okay, um, it's an AMRAP, which is as mm-hmm. many rounds as possible. And I give you like seven or eight um, exercises with the amount of reps that I want you to do. And you have 22 minutes to complete as many rounds as you can. You take breaks when you need it. Okay. You know, so okay. Like, so you're, you're constant, and you're bringing in uh, strength training. You're bringing in uh, lifting weights, your uh, body weight exercises, those kinds of things. Okay. Uh, so that's that's that. That's that. Uh, okay. Anything else? Anything else for? No, this? I just want to make sure that my listeners know kind of what's the difference between those two. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Sit is um, is twenty second, twenty to thirty seconds, and then the rest of the two minutes. Whereas a hit can be 20 seconds hard, 10 seconds rest for six rounds. And then you get a two minute rest or it can gotcha. be a circuit. It, it's something that you're, you're going hard for a period of time and then you get that rest. And then you get a rest. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then the last thing is what uh, Dr. Stacy T. Sims says is lifting heavy shit. <laughs> I love it. I love it. <laughs> and, and, and women, if you are in a gym, you need to take over the weight room. Mm-hmm. Tell the guys to get out. Mm-hmm. The weight room is now your domain. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Because not enough women are hitting the weights. And, not. Mm-hmm. and we need heavy weight lifting to stimulate muscle growth, to stimulate bone mass growth, and to stimulate that neuromuscular connection. It is huge brain yes. health stimulant. So the harder that you lift or the heavier you lift, the better it's going to be for our brains. Now, if you are a newbie to weightlifting, I start you with a body weight program. Okay. So you are learning how to uh, move properly because a lot of women don't know how to move right. So you're learning how to squat correctly, how to lunge correctly, how to do a push-up correctly, how to how to deadlift correctly, all of these things. Um, once you are have done like a four to six week body weight routine, then we move to dumbbells okay. and we start working with dumbbells. And then eventually you get to the barbells because barbells can be very intimidating especially when you, I mean, you, most of us have seen men using barbells, Mm -hmm. uh, but women, and the only time we've ever seen women using barbells are your bodybuilders. I don't want to be a bodybuilder. Your athletes. Oh, it's only for athletes, the female athletes. Um, But it's becoming more mainstream for, for women now. And I will tell you when I shifted my, um, my program, and I started doing sit one to two times a week, hit one to two times a week, lifting two to three times a week. And that, and, and there, there are ways to 
uh, program so that you're getting what you need, mm-hmm. but you're not in the gym for hours. This right. is 45 minutes is the most you'll ever be in the gym for lifting heavy shit. You know, okay. you're not, you're not in there for hours and hours. So women who are going, Oh my God, I'm going to have to dedicate X number of hours per week to this. All of a sudden now you're looking no. at maybe three to four hours a week. Yeah. yeah. Minimum. I mean, that's just to get by uh, and, and, and to, to stimulate the body in the way that it needs to be. But when I shifted and started lifting heavier and doing the sit, doing the hit, um, yeah, I would go out and walk. I, uh, sometimes I'd go run. Um, mm-hmm. but when I run, I have to think about running embarrassingly slow now. <laughs> I want to keep my heart rate down yeah. below 70%. And that, I mean, that my ego gets in the way too many times. Yes. And I know. You know, I'll be I'll be going super slow. Okay. Heart rate's good. Oh, there's somebody coming. I got I pick up the pace. I look great, you know, all this stuff. So anyways, um, so that's the biggest thing is is overcoming that ego. Yeah. Let go. Let go of it. But when I started doing this a year, I I, I went and had an in body scan before I started. A year later, I had an in-body scan, and I had gained two pounds of muscle. If I had not done anything or had continued the road I was on, I would have lost at least two pounds of muscle. Yeah, so yeah. You've got to look at okay, what what do I? I mean, what is my intention for my workout now? I right. want to keep the muscle mass because that's where your metabolism optimizes yes it is 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 with the muscle mass right right and that's i mean that's saying something when you've told us through this like this is the time in our life too that we're um it it was catabolically losing is that right losing more muscle um and so to gain two pounds of muscle mass that's huge for you that's really big it's very huge yeah so when you're in this time of your life what is your intention my intention is to reduce my stress level, improve, continue to improve my cardiovascular health, increase my muscle mass so that my, metas- my metabolism stays high so that I can continue to eat yep, yep. <laughs> and um, to reduce my risk of osteoporosis. Yeah, yeah. So I, I'm going to do that. I want to, I want to do that middle one again though. Cause it goes back to that diet culture thing. Like we're increasing our muscle mass so that we can eat regularly so that we can energy input and, and stop this ma- madness of I've got to restrict myself. Correct. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I hope, I hope to God, my dogs, you didn't hear well, my dogs. I'm sure you did, but that's okay. I heard a little bit of them and, and listeners, this is real world, right? We know this. I think I had the garbage truck come by at some point during that too. So we're just, we're just going to keep rolling with it. This is real world. So uh, <laughs> my, my parting message on exercise is no longer do you have to be a slave in the gym. You only really need 30 to 45 minutes at 45 minutes at the most. And that's, those are on your um, heavy lifting days. Mm-hmm. Uh, cardiovascularly, you really don't need more than 20, 25 minutes of doing something. Now on those other days, 
that you, let's say that you do a, a sit Monday morning and then you lift heavy Monday afternoon, you know, Tuesday comes along, you most probably like, I am so tired and sore from my workouts Monday. That's where yoga, stretching, go in the sauna, get in the hot tub, be kind to your body. Mm-hmm. Don't go, okay, I got to work through this. No longer are you doing that. And then right. Wednesday, and then Wednesday, you do, you know, you decide, okay, Wednesday's a hit day. And then Thursday, you know, okay, Wednesday was a hit day, but I feel pretty good Thursday. So I'm going to go ahead and do my heavy weight lifting again. You know, you decide how your body is feeling in that day. Don't mm-hmm. follow a regimented, okay, I've got to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday, this on Wednesday. I, I find that with my body, I have to pivot a lot because if I haven't fully recovered from a workout, I am not going to, I'm not going to um, put my body through something that it's telling me, no, this is not what I need today. Right, I, right. Need, I need to be nurtured. I need, I need that rela- relaxation. It's okay. You mm-hmm. don't have to on all the time you can you can step back and so my big thing is listen to your body if your body's saying you know i need another day of rest take it i mean right it's not going to take it's you're not going to all of a sudden start back at square one no your body needs that extra that extra time right it does it definitely does and i also know that there is such a parallel to what you've described through this whole phase three phase process um with my program and that is like it, number one we've got to be more compassionately self-aware is how i describe it but we have to be you know dialed into ourselves and listening mm-hmm. to the messaging Mm-hmm. Um, number two, we, we need self-empowered decisions. Like we need to be moving out of, um, programmed. This is the way it should be. You should be able to keep up with the Joneses over on this side of things. We need to just understand that our body chemistry and our body makeup is very different at this time in our life, our body mm-hmm. or our mind and body both. Right. I, I think in this life transition, there's just different things that we need. So stop beating ourselves up over, the old way of doing things isn't working and start just mm-hmm. accepting if I listen to my body and do some things and see if that works and listen to my body and do some things like that's the self-empowered way to kind of step into this. And it, and it really yeah. is all about a radical way of caring for yourself, like listening to your body, taking care of your energy intake um, and output is just one of the many ways in which you're taking care of yourself uh, as a as a human, and I think uh, we've kind of put that to the wayside for a long time. Women have been socially conditioned to put that away and to put everybody else's needs first, and so this is just this beautiful way that you're describing: like stay in tune with you and do mm-hmm. what's right for you. And your version of what this looks like, this three phases, mm-hmm. is different from mine, is different from Mary's. That's totally right. fine. It's a it's an individual journey that way. Yeah, totally. Um, another thing uh, with exercise is if you find something you love to do, put it into your exercise program. I mm-hmm. mean, I, I have um, so many people have found pickleball. Oh, yeah. And, I mean, pickleball. Okay. Yeah. That's a great that. I mean, it, it moves your body. It's socially engaging. 
It's, um, it's very rewarding, especially if you slam the ball and you, and you make a point or whatever, you know, I don't yep. play pickleball yet. I mean, I've got too many other things on my plate to play pickleball, but um, if it's, if it's going out and walking with a friend, that's activity, that's exercise. So mm-hmm. if you find something that you enjoy and it, and it's actually empowering to you, as you, yep. you've been saying, do it. Do it. Put it into your put it into your life because at this time in our life, we finally get a chance to go. Oh, I can decide on what's good for me. I don't have to decide what's good for everybody else, and I just follow along. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's the big thing. It's like um, you know, like the um, the running of trying to find the you know running in a certain um, a, in a certain zone. Well, one day a week, and hopefully I'll be able to start running with my my running partner again. She's been sick for almost four weeks. It's been Aww. hell, but but that is my connection time with her. So we mm-hmm. go out and run. I don't care where my heart rate is. Mm-hmm. I don't care. My whole focus is connection, right? And that is so important to me. And if I'm running, I go. You know, I don't have it today. Let's walk. Hey. We're going to walk today. Yeah. Yeah. You know, same thing with any of the, like, uh, I just recently um, have tried out a a gym that's run by a woman locally in my neighborhood. And um, her demographic is me. Her demographic is women, right? Like her demographic is to help women start weightlifting, start circuit training, start kind of understanding that stuff. And we are intimidated by gyms and um, while I am probably supposed to do the very same kinds of exercises my 20 year old is right now, um, I don't want to go to the gym with a bunch of 20 year old boys. Like, nope, that is not, that does not sound like a joyous time to me. So, you know, you also can create, um, connection and have that dual purpose in your self care. So you're doing it with a running partner, but like, look for gyms in your community. Look at the YMCA and see if there's, you know, some, um, weightlifting classes that you could do with other women. And then you've got mm-hmm. both, you've got both, you know, the social mm-hmm. self-care need and your body self-care need all built into one 35 minute, 45 minute endeavor. That's awesome. Great. Do it. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so uh, for you, Natalie, what I would recommend is, you know, talking, talking with your son and saying, Hey, can you commit to twice a week helping me so that um, especially as we start lifting heavier, we yeah. need somebody to spot us. We do we need, need somebody to spot us. Mm-hmm. And I have another woman who actually has brought her son in to help her on those two days mm-hmm. because, yeah, he has his own work. He has his buddies. But, man, talk about connection time with, with a child. With your kids. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. So, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah. All right. Well, I hope listeners that you have gathered some wisdom about menopause, about midlife health. Um, and Mary Bushkul is, Bushkul has shared with us a lot of wisdom over these last three episodes. So please, you know, bookmark these and send them to a friend if you think that this is something that they need to hear too. I really am all about empowering women in 2024 to really understand our body minds a lot better. I'm going to be bringing in experts like Mary to help um, navigate this with us and give us this good information. And certainly, as I've said in the notes, I'll have links to all of Mary's stuff. So 
be sure to click on that and look at her programs because maybe Mary would be a good fit for you. Even if um, she's not in your neck of the woods, it sounds like she does stuff online as well. And so please be sure to look that up as well. Thank you so much, Mary, for joining us. I, I really have appreciated this time. Well, I, I am honored to be here. I am so glad that we had a connection and that I can help you. And I'm also glad that I subscribe to your podcast because you have some great oh, thank stuff you. that you have shared and the, the people that you've had on also, mm-hmm. um, the one um, psychologist who's in your area. Oh yes. my gosh. Some of the things she said, I, I was like, oh my gosh, this oh my is, gosh. This is I know. great. This is cool. <laughs> so, yep. So. Yep. Well, everybody, I hope that we are all avoiding a midlife crisis and stepping into our centered life thriving. Because I am a licensed clinical psychologist in the state of Minnesota, I have to make sure at the end of each of these episodes that I give you the disclaimer that none of the material that I talk about in these podcasts is meant to replace any kind of therapy or formal medical or mental health treatment. And in fact, anything that I offer on my website, my coaching programs, any kind of psychoeducational materials that I release are not a replacement for that level of care. So just take that into account when you listen. This is information for you, and hopefully you find it of value, both as an educational tool and for your entertainment. And I also want to mention that if anyone you know is in a mental health crisis, needs additional help, I always include these two crisis resources. They're available to anybody. Pick up the phone and dial 888 for the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline. And you can always visit their website at suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Additionally, there's actually a crisis text line. So if you're not somebody that likes to pick up the phone, then please text 741-741 to the crisis text line. And you can find them online at crisistextline.org. Thank you for listening to my podcast. And I hope that you like and follow me wherever you get your podcasts and maybe consider leaving me a review. It always helps me to keep this podcast relevant when I know what you want to hear about.